to uh, day nine of Shaped by the Word. I am here with uh, my lovely wife, Cindy, and our legendary executive <laughs> pastor, David Keith. Good morning, guys. As we continue Good to morning. read through the Gospel of Luke. Legendary. And it has been fun uh, reading Luke and being reminded of how the Gospel writers you know, shape their Gospel. Uh, they grab big pieces of the Old Testament and they bring them forward and they show how Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that Israel had expected in ways uh, that they never would have expected. And so we continue to see this in Jesus as he is preaching and as he is healing. Mm -hmm. It's a demonstration that God is invading space, you know, that he created. He's reclaiming a people uh, that he claimed as his own, and he is restoring all things. And uh, it's a beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful picture uh, of the gospel as a whole. So as we're reading through, uh, we are on chapter 5 today. We'll read the whole chapter to gather but before we do so we always want to offer the moment to the lord and we want to offer ourselves to the lord as we read you know not simply just to enjoy a good story or to you know match old testament to new testament but to fall ever in love with god uh to know him better to serve him uh more dearly so before we start mm-hmm. cindy do you mind oh. opening us up with a word of I prayer father thank you for this time in your word we would Pray, Father, that you would open um, open our ears and open our eyes to the things that you have for us, that we would hear and see and understand, and, Father, that our hearts would be changed and that uh, we would be moldable and pliable in your hands and be transformed by your incredible grace in our lives. So thank you for this time. In Christ's name, amen. In Luke chapter 5. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gethsemane, the people were crowding around him, In listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners and other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Simon Peter saw this. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. And they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat 
through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friends, your sin, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We've seen remarkable things today. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. And Levi got up and left everything and followed him. Then Levi held up a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then they said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment uh, to patch an old one. Otherwise they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new one will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say, the old is better. So an interesting section is uh, Jesus heals, Mm -hmm. Jesus confronts, Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus frames, you know, the uh, kingdom as something that is uh, completely new, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what God is doing through him. Uh, So you can't take an uh, an, an old patch and you can't take an old wineskin. And, and force the kingdom into it. Mm-hmm. So what are you guys seeing as you read through this passage? Man, this is a fantastic passage. Mm-hmm. Just love getting to see so just much. the redemption and the restoration that the kingdom offers, the forgiveness of sin, mm-hmm. making people whole who, 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 who were not. And then also just the call of discipleship here that we get to see. Um, I love getting to see how Jesus goes, you know, to Simon and then to Levi later. And I just love that phrasing where it says, you know, he said, follow me. And they left everything and followed him. We get to see that in both accounts. And so getting to see that, that initial call to discipleship is that yeah. abandonment of everything for the sake of Jesus. And then even later on in Luke, as we'll see, like in Luke 18, he confronts the rich young ruler who's unable to leave everything yeah. and follow him. So just seeing those contrasts, but just the beauty of, of Christ calling these men into his kingdom to, to follow him. And that does mean leaving everything behind. Now, and that's something that you know that Luke is going to emphasize all the way through uh, the response of discipleship. And the response of discipleship is to hear his invitation and to leave everything else in, in order to follow him. And uh, we're not, you know, often called to leave everything uh, and to follow him, but we are called to make everything else secondary, mm-hmm. you know, to his call in our life. And uh, that is, you know, sometimes harder to stay uh, than it is to, to, to go and, and, and to leave. And, and yeah. I was gonna say, and I love how Jesus is beginning to um, 
reveal how the kingdom is different than than the old way of thinking or the the old covenant and i see that in um, the healing of the lep- the leper it was kind of interesting so he cleansed him and then he told them to offer the sacrifice in in keeping with the law but it was interesting to me that the cl- the cleansing came first and then the sacrifice when before it would have always been the offering of the sacrifice to receive the cleansing and it's just such a, a beautiful way of flipping that. It is that, a reversal. Yeah. yeah. The sacrifice was to cleanse, yeah. but the cleansing had been received. Yeah. And interestingly enough, he says, offer the sacrifice mm-hmm. commanded by Moses as a testimony to them. Right, right. In other words, those who were hanging on you know, to the old covenant and those mm-hmm. who were administering the old covenant, mm-hmm. that cleansing you know, was coming you know, from Jesus and mm-hmm. not you know, from the sacrifice, which is a beautiful in uh, a picture of mm-hmm. what will happen on the cross, where our ultimate cleansing, mm-hmm. you know, will take, you know, will take place. And yeah. I love too in that how this man with his leprosy would have been a societal outcast, unable mm-hmm. to have fellowship and participation with the people. And then in this cleansing, he's invited back into fellowship with the people. And so just getting to see that mm-hmm. those who are far off are now being brought in through the work mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yeah, the restoration of the kingdom, the yeah. inclusion of the kingdom. Uh, the healing power of the kingdom, you know, all seen. And, and, of course, you have to love, you know, the way that he calls, you know, Simon. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We read, you know, th- in all of the Gospels about Simon and, of course, in the book of Acts. And uh, we kind of characterize him as a, as a little bit of a stubborn kind of character, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, you know, hard-headed. And he asked to borrow his boat in order to teach. And after he's mm-hmm. through teaching, he said, uh, why don't we push out just a little bit and throw your nets down again and Simon's going oh that's crazy <laughs> I mean yeah. we know this life you know like nobody else knows this life yeah, we it know when it's good we know when it's bad we've already made our best effort and there's no way you know some guy coming out of Nazareth who knows a lot of scripture is going to improve on what we've mm-hmm. we've done and all of a sudden they, they see the themes you know that Luke is trying to drive home to us you know, the, the, you know, Jesus has command, not only over in a Sabbath day, not only over diseases, um, but also over nature itself. And they mm-hmm. were all astonished. This wasn't just a good day of fishing. This mm-hmm. was an extraordinary day of mm-hmm. fishing. We lost our nets. It was so good. <laughs> we're losing our boats. And it was so good. And, and so Simon's response is, is uh, really the heart and you know, the cry of our response to the gospel. He fell on his knees, you know, in mm-hmm. the presence of Jesus. And I love the graphic language, you know, Lucas using, and says, "Please depart from me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a sinner." And uh, how much better, you know, Jesus' invitation. You now let's let's not part ways. Mm-hmm. Let's go a different way, you know, together. Mm-hmm. And I love too how you know Peter on his own, unable to catch the fish, and then obviously with with the help of Christ, it is able to, and then. Now he's invited into that parallel of fishing to now go fish for men and how the kingdom is advancing, but not just through the power of men, but through the power of Christ at work through his people. Mm -hmm. And not through our expertise and not through our knowledge of people and not through our clever approaches, but through, uh, you know, the very spirit, you know, that Luke emphasizes is working in and through Jesus, working in and through us in order to bring people, you know, to Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, of course, the section uh, where Jesus asked the question, you know, which is easier to say, mm-hmm. uh, your <laughs> sins are forgiven or pick up your mat yeah. and, go, and go home? 
Uh, obviously, neither one of those is easy for <laughs> no. any of us to say. I mean, we can say it all day long mm-hmm. you know, pick up your mat. Uh, you know, that's pretty impressive. You know, both of those are very hard to say. Uh, but the one is, and this is always the case in Scripture, the one is a picture of the other. Mm-hmm. You know, the outward healing is one that, you know, we can clearly see in the power of God, you know, to men, broken bodies. We, we can clearly see through the miracles of Jesus. What we cannot see is the inward healing that takes place when our mm-hmm. sins are forgiven and restored to fellowship, you know, with God. And so he uses the visible, mm-hmm. you know, the miraculous yeah, sign to point us mm-hmm. to the invisible, you know, what he is doing for mm-hmm. us in our redemption and in our reconciliation, uh, you know, forgiving us, restoring us, and bringing us into relationship, you know, with God. And I was convicted by this, too, because I realize, you know, the outward healing and what Christ was doing in that was, was very important. It got everyone's attention. It was kind of it was a sign of the greater healing that he was doing but it seems like many began following him just for the outward healing and um it's i had to stop and pause and think um do i stop and rejoice over the the inward healing that he's done in my own life and slight that by even asking you know or looking for so much more in an outward healing i mean rejoicing in what he has done in the heart is so much bigger yeah. than what he does yeah, there, outside you know, no doubt yeah. about that that we uh, we're enamored you know mm-hmm. with, with physical healing when you know and jesus question is a good one you know which mm-hmm. which is easier to say um also that you know that's a question which is really the bigger miracle right yeah forgiving it. It's, it's easy to you know, he's saying it's easy to you know to get up and take your mat and walk, uh, but it's also easy for him you know to forgive sins and uh, so it's a beautiful beautiful picture of that. But you're right, uh, we have you know Jesus a little later on in this gospel when mm-hmm. the disciples return you know re- rejoicing and they're going to talk about all the things that God is doing through them the miracle you know miracles He's doing through them. Jesus will say, you know, don't don't rejoice that uh, demons flee in your name. Rejoice mm-hmm. that your names are written in, in the book of mm-hmm. life. Yeah. You know, the far greater you know, miracle mm-hmm. and, and the far greater calling. And I love as well as, as Luke is revealing to us more and more about Jesus, especially in the interaction when Jesus calls Levi and then eats with the sinners and has that wonderful line that we all love. It's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I have not come yeah. to call the righteous but sinners mm-hmm. to repentance. And yeah. so we get to see the heart of Jesus for mm-hmm. sinners like like us yeah, and how it's not so much that we have to get healthy before we can come to Jesus, but we are sick in our sin and he is the one that makes us healthy. Um, and just the beauty of his extended fellowship with sinners. He doesn't distance himself from sinners, but goes after them, spends time with them, shares the table with them. So just a beautiful, no, it's the beautiful invita- scene it's of the gospel. It's an invitation of the kingdom. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, Revelation 3, or I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone mm-hmm. hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him and, and they with me. An open invitation from Jesus. And again, this is Luke emphasizing, you know, the outcast mm-hmm. are being called home, mm-hmm. you know, in Christ. And, of course, this will be, you know, in the, in the penultimate, penultimate, you know, kind of parable, mm-hmm. parable of the prodigal son that will. Mm-hmm. That'll yeah. be the image that comes home, you know, most clearly, you know, in the Gospel of Luke. And I like his response on fasting. You know, how, how could you possibly fast? <laughs> you need to be rejoicing in what is, you know, what is, you know, going on, you know, right in front of them. There will be a time they're devastated and they will fast in this moment. 
and of course just a beautiful you know, picture of the kingdom mm-hmm. no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one you've lost both otherwise they'll have torn the new garment and the patch from the new one will not match the old and no one pours new wine into old wine skins otherwise the new wine will burst the skins and the, and the wine will run out and the wine skins will be ruined and I, you know the picture of what God is doing and how it cannot you know, be contained and cannot you know, be matched it's a beautiful picture you know, of the gospel all the way through yeah. Father we thank you for who you are and um, we do rejoice that uh, you have done the greater miracle in us. You have forgiven our sins. And we do rejoice uh, that uh, we are with the bridegroom. And we rejoice in all you have done and all you are doing and all you will do. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.